Super Bowl, I hardly know her. And now, it's time for FinCast. Boom, shakalaka. Wide receiver and fan favorite Brian Finneran is talking Dirty Bird football. Powered by Scana Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. Looking for Finneran who leaps into the air, a touchdown. FinCast starts now. All right, Falcons fans, you are tuned in to an off-season edition of FinCast, brought to you by Scana Energy, the official natural gas partners of the Atlanta Falcons, alongside the one and only the great B-Fin86. What up? I'm Tyler Nelson, and of course, our producer, Joe Virgin. What's yo, up? Yo, Hello, everybody. Joe and, Virgin. Uh, That's going to get me. <laughs> <laughs> it's his real name. It's his real name. We promise, everybody. So, big news. No Belichick. No freaking Interview Jim 14 Harbaugh, guys, dude. 14 yeah. guys. And we end up in Raheem Morris. Okay. Listen, uh, he's been head coach before. Yeah. I played against him when he was a head coach. He was a coach, I think, from 2009 to 2011 down in Tampa Bay. Uh-huh. So he was on the, so Joe Hamilton was on that team. Joe Hamilton was not on that team. Joe was on like the early 2000s Super Bowl winning team. Right. Okay. Like, I thought oh, that's what we were talking 2000, about. 2000, 2001. 2002. Yeah, yeah. Two, yeah. But they were there at the same time, weren't they? I don't think so. Okay. Because this be guy. Right. Oh, no. He was an assistant for Tampa Bay at that time. Yes. I was right. Okay. Yep. He was a defensive quality control coach for Tampa starting in 2002. There you go. I don't count that. Nailed it. Boom. That's interesting. <laughs> now who knows football, Brian Fennerin? <laughs> is, that, is that what about? No, it's about? still you. It's still you. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> um, that's funny. So Raheem and I played football at the same time. Okay. Same with another guy we'll get into later as one of the coordinators now for the Falcons uh, that Raheem brought in with him from L.A., but... He was at Hofstra from 94 to 97, and then right. quickly turned that over. I think he was a graduate assistant at Hofstra for a minute, maybe, bounced around, and then, as you just informed me, and reminded me he was a graduate <laughs> assistant. Is that what it was? A defensive quality control Quality coach. control for Tampa Bay mm-hmm. as they went on to the Super Bowl. So you know, um, too, yeah. He's been around a long time. Right. He's coached everywhere. Including here before. Yep. He went to, obviously, you said Tampa Bay with that Super Bowl run. Back to college for a year or two. Back to the NFL. And uh, finally got a head coaching gig and an opportunity in 9, 10, and 11. Was not very successful. Was kind of kooky. In what sense? In in a sense that he didn't look or act like a head coach in the NFL. At the time, in 2009, I was in my second to last season of my career, so my 11th year in the NFL and he was just one of those kind of guys, had a little swagger to him mm-hmm. back then, and still does a little bit today. And this is over, this is 12, 13 years ago, 14 years ago. And uh, he was dressed in all black uh, pregame, and he'd walk around the field and kind of had do his little thing. He'd be posted up at the, down by the goalpost. I remember being in Tampa Bay one time and just okay. looking at my receiver coach and going, What's up with this guy? <laughs> and uh receiver coach was like, He's a different cat. And you'll see how it goes for him. And, and, and again, it didn't go well. He didn't have much success there in Tampa Bay. Right. But they probably weren't a very good football team at that time as well. So bounced around after that with the Falcons and with the L.A. Rams, mm-hmm. most recently with the Rams mm-hmm. as a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So we interviewed him among 13 other guys. We had three or four veteran guys that had been head coaches before, including Raheem Morris, and the rest were like young up-and-comers, it felt like. so. And I was surprised. You were on vacation, which is the only reason I didn't text you and I didn't want to bother you. Oh, when, you when I got the alert, don't, seriously, like, don't. Like, texting somebody is not a problem. Okay, well, still. So just shoot a text. Excuse me for being thoughtful. Anyway, I was like, 
a little, I don't want to say gobsmacked, but it was very surprising to see this alert all of a sudden that we hired Raheem Morris. I mean, it, it didn't, it started to wane on the feeling like the Belichick thing was imminent, like it first felt. Yeah. And then, so I wasn't surprised that it was someone else, but I would have thought that it was Bobby Slowick or somebody that had a kind of a luster behind the name and that was on yeah. people, the forefront of people's minds. Somewhat but under, Raheem Morris. Somewhat underwhelming. The fact that he'd been here before, he coached right. defensive backs, he coached our receiver receivers at one yeah. point. But it's a guy that maybe they can maybe they can control a little bit. Whereas Belichick, who was hot uh-huh. and heavy here for a minute, and there it is, Belichick, he was going to want to run the whole thing by himself. Yeah, and it was the only place he interviewed was here. So I don't think he's going to have a job this year coaching football. Right, but maybe he'll go join as a former quarterback and work on Fox. So do you think? And then of course. There was the news, not only that Belichick would you know, kind of shake things up and would be a little bit more to manage or unmanageable in a certain sense, but there was also the rumor that he doesn't really get along or didn't want to work with Rich McKay, and then he's not hired, and then Rich McKay, according to the press conference, has moved over to Atlanta United and A&B operations, not anything to do with football. What happened there? What is the thing? And do you think it's an indictment on the Falcons that they didn't want someone who has that big of a personality, that headstrong of a willpower? And all they good questions. Who's all, a little more do- that yeah, they can you know, manipulate. I get it. They're all good questions. I don't ha- necessarily know that I have the answer to all, any of them or one of them. Um, I feel like there was definitely some kind of something going on. There was a lot of smoke mm-hmm. around the Belichick and McKay situation, mm-hmm. where rumor had it, like you said, Belichick didn't necessarily want to work with McKay, and McKay probably with him. And there's a connection there with the competition committee that McKay's chaired for a long time. Right. And you think about Spygate and Deflategate and video footage and mm-hmm. the issues the Patriots have had with the competition committee with injury reports. So right. there's a lot of a lot of smoke there. Sure. So there's got to be some fire. And then the fact that he's reassigned again, Rich McKay, right after this has taken place. It, it's interesting. I'm not going to read too far into it. Now it looks like Terry Fondo can be a real GM yep. and help run a football team and build yep. it and work with Raheem Morris and the rest of the guys that they're bringing in to get this thing rocking and rolling. And the next question is, the only question left this offseason, because we'll get through the other guys right as well. Jimmy Lake was just hired yesterday right. as a defensive coordinator. He was with Raheem in L.A. Uh-huh. with the Rams as a defensive back coach, I believe. They've been together before. They worked in Tampa Bay together as well. So And similar for Zach Robinson, our new OC. They were all together in LA. In LA. So what do you make of that kind of dynamic? Regardless of the exact well, personnel, just the, the idea of three guys coming from, hey, I got this job, you guys come with me. Yeah. I mean, the NFL is an incestual business. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in the sense that you know somebody and work with them and become friends that can work together and be productive. They will not forget it. And uh, they move along together. It was like... When Mike Malarkey, who was our offensive coordinator here in Atlanta, yep, sure. when he came here with Mike Smith, he brought in Terry Rabisky as his wide receiver coach, and Terry right. was my receiver coach. So when they got fired here and Smitty's group got fired, Malarkey got the gig in Tennessee with the Titans. Mm-hmm. And who did he bring with him to be the offensive coordinator? Rabisky, yeah. Rabisky. So it happens a lot. happens all the time. Sure. I always say this. The fact that they're familiar with each other, can work together, and Raheem Morris got to pick his guys. There's a lot of ownership and onus on him as far as making this this thing work and understanding what those guys are capable of. So he must think very highly of Zach Robinson sure. and must think very highly of Jimmy Lake because they got to work together hopefully and for the next ten years. neither of which have been DCs or OCs, right? Before they've never been in that in the chair. So, so Zach has had the OC title, but never really called plays because I think Sean McKit McVay has been pulling uh-huh. the trigger there okay. in LA. But he's been um, working with Stafford. He's seen some of the best in the world do it, and Sean McVay and, and those guys made a postseason this year, a 10-7 and record. Again, 
Excited to see where it goes. Hope to together for a long time and, and do something pretty special with this group that we put together on, on this uh, football team. All right, team. so in uh, A, B, C grading, uh, school system grading, oh where, where do you put this? Where do your, uh, your overall estimation, the BFIN stamp so of grading? So for Raheem Morris, I think it could be a B- and work its way up, depending okay. on how it goes. Yeah. The offensive coordinator is intriguing. I like it. I think he was highly sought after. I think people think highly of him. Okay. So, do you be, think? Let me pause real quick right there. Do you think he would have gotten an OC job if it weren't here? Um, somewhere he else. Pretty much had it. Would well, you have been pl- calling plays somewhere else? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe they were going to give him the reins in LA and with the Rams, he can finally call plays. I don't know. B B plus there, and then Jimmy Lake is a wild card for me right now. Um, he's been a head coach in college. He had a little bit of an issue at Washington. He pushed and slapped some kid in the helmet. One of his players is covering a kick and kind of gets blocked out of bounds. Didn't take too kindly to it and kind of got up and ran his mouth and kind of just kind of in a guy's face. And here comes Jimmy Lake sprinting down the sideline as a head coach, kind of bumps an official on accident, and then takes a swipe at the kid's face mask. Tell him to back up, not don't do that, you idiot. Kid kind of turns around and walks away, and then he wow. shoves him in the back a little bit. They suspended. So he's got an it. attitude. He's got he's got, he's a, got a, a, a trigger, an edge. Yeah. The school suspended him for a week, and he was fired the following week. Not really what you want out of a head coach in college, where you can't control your emotions and not hit one of your players. Let's hope he can contain himself on the sideline for the Falcons mm-hmm. and call the right defense, even if he's going to be calling the defense. Because a lot of times these that coaches come in. That was my next question in, for you. I got to believe Raheem Morris wants this team to be successful, right? And make sure he can own it, and we'll probably call the defense for the first year or At so. least for, right, yeah. for, the, for the beginning. That's the thing is, I don't know enough about what to expect from Jimmy Lake and Zach Robinson to have an opinion on it, but the Raheem Morris, I'm with you. It's, it's a, it's a, the, more, the more time's gone on, it's become a, an apparently very solid pick. I'm very okay with that option. It was just very, it was like, oh, yeah. all right. He's seen so it all. He's seen it all, though. He's seen, been in Super Bowls with the Falcons. He's been in Super Bowls with the Bucks. He's yep. been around good football teams. And organization and has two rings with the with the O two when he was very young and most recently of course with the Rams yeah so, so you're you're right you're not wrong and and I think that the other thing that we will now have and you said this on one of the last if not the last episode of FinCast during the season was I want a guy who come in here and won't treat the media like shit and I'm paraphrasing I don't remember exactly yeah. what you said but like who will come in here and be who will be personable who we can enjoy get answers from that aren't and we sure sure as hell we're gonna get that with Belichick and we had a very you know, tenuous. Uh, there was a lot of animosity between uh, Arthur Smith and the media, but I don't. Uh, Raheem Morris has an, an energy and a personality yeah. to him that I think that we, as fans and and uh, media types, will enjoy. It's like Arthur Smith's a person I came out every once in a while. He did the thing with uh, Pat McAfee every week, did an interview mm-hmm. here and there. He has a funny kind of sarcasm and sense of humor. You get to see every once sure. in a while, but for the most part, it was very monotonous and close to the vest with him. I think with Raheem Morris, you'll get more of that player's vibe, mm-hmm. more personable, like you talked about, more willing to work with, I guess, and talk to the media. Not that he's going to give you his game plan or no, no, just secrets, to, just to just not to be, to be a DB up there, man. Like it really seemed like, oh, yeah. well, this isn't fantasy football. Like no shit. Right. Like you don't we're need to talk aware. To us like that, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. How about just play your first round draft picks? Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he was such a loser up yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, oh, and that's boy. the thing. And so, oh, mopey, mopey, mopey. <laughs> that's, good, that's all he was. Good impression. So, um, moving on. I, I like at, at this point, I don't think we have anything we could probably discern once the, until the season starts, right? Yeah, Marquise Williams was retained as the Falcons' special teams coordinator. So okay. all three coordinators are in place, and now you can start building your team, uh, coaching staff. You can start building your roster as soon as the new league year starts in March. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you can start thinking about drafting and where do you want to go? Is that quarterback? Is that moving up? Is that moving back? Is that getting more picks? Is it better be quarterback? Is it Justin Fields and trying to trade and bring him in here for very little? Is it Kirk <sighs> Cousins who just decided he's going to tell us or his people is going to tell us that he would like a guaranteed two-year deal for $45 million per year? Ooh, Lord. A little steep for a guy coming off an Achilles. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oof, so what do you indeed. want? What do you want your team to look like? Because this is it. I mean, you get to pick, and it's Terry Fontenot, and it's Raheem, and it's Zach Robinson working together. They forgot what they wanted at the quarterback position. So let's do another episode on that um, because there's a lot to do there, and we've got the uh, we're not too far away from the draft. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's the next that's the next event in, in NFL yeah, football. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk real quick, Finn, about this past weekend's playoff at mix, and now the Super Bowl lineup is set. It's the 49ers and the Kansas, Kansas City, City Chiefs. Chiefs. Um, Very interesting matchup, in, oh man. quarterback-wise at least. Dude, Mr. Brock, Irrelevant versus Patrick Mahomes. Right? <laughs> Two ends of the, <laughs> the draft for the most part. Yeah. Brock Purdy had an unbelievable game uh, over the weekend. Second half specifically was 13 of 16 for over 170 yards and a touchdown. Brought his team back from the dead. Mm-hmm. It was 24 to, to 7 at one point. 24 to 7, yeah. Lions. At halftime yeah. at one point. So just um, a first half they will never forget in Detroit, and a second half they want to forget sooner than later. Welcome to the club, Detroit. Yeah, it was devastating when you think about how it went down. Detroit Lions lose to the San Francisco 49ers 34-31, and a lot of that was Brock Purdy magic making it happen in the second half. Jared Goff had a nice game, didn't turn the football over at a touchdown, but there was a fumble in there from Jameer Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was fourth down. Uh, outs where they turn the ball over on downs. There was a punt situationally in the game. A guy should have easily downed the ball on the one-yard line for Detroit. He did not. He stepped in the end zone, and the ball goes to the 20. They go down and score after that. There was a lot of stuff that went on in that Detroit game that kind of drove me nuts, and two of them were fourth down decisions by head coach Dan Campbell. I think it was fourth and three maybe. Right. There's been a lot of discussion. Is, is, is this loss at his feet? Uh, yeah, I'd put it right at his feet. 49ers go down the field and settle for a field goal, which is devastating. So now you get the ball back. You go down the field, and you can kick a field goal and get it back to 17 points right away. Mm-hmm. But you don't. You go for it. It's a fine play call, but there's always a chance something can go wrong. Tip pass, bad snap, drop ball, false start, whatever it might be. Anything go wrong on fourth down to set you back. Right. Uh, Golf throws a decent ball to Josh Reynolds. He drops it, turnover on downs. What does San Fran do with that? Go down and score a touchdown. Right. Now instead of 27-10 or 27-whatever, you can kick the football off. It's 24-17, to 17, right. and now it's an absolute ball game. Yeah. And then you get another drive going, get it down to the 28-yard line, I think, mm-hmm. and it's fourth and three again, and, and you go for it, and uh, you don't get it. You don't kick the field goal to make it 27-27 because at this point you've lost the lead. And then what about to the other game? We had Kansas City and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I wasn't able to watch that, so tell me what happened there. And Kansas it was City. a different a different kind of score. It yeah, was a lot, big time. It, and not as exciting as from what I heard. But uh, tell me what tell me what happened and your thoughts on our then about our Super Bowl matchup, Chiefs and 49ers. Kansas City Chiefs take care of business against the Baltimore Ravens, seventeen to ten. Three points scored in the second half, so seventeen points scored in the first half. For Kansas City, Baltimore had a touchdown in the first half, so 17-7. And then just so it mostly happened all in the first half. Yeah, no doubt. Patrick Mahomes was 30 of 39 for wow. 241 yards and a touchdown. He targeted Travis Kelsey 11 times. Travis Kelsey had 11 catches. 
So oh. it was just a combination there and a relationship where they could just find each other. Oh yeah, it's, big time plays on third downs and everything else. And it's uh, it's Gronk, Brady, or you know, locally mm-hmm. Tony Gonzalez and Matt sure. Ryan. It's yeah. that when you get a good tight end and um, or you could even say Kittle and and well, whoever's at the helm at the time in uh, San Francisco, but. Good tight end, good quarterback matchup is hard to beat. No doubt. And then Lamar had a, had a tough game. Their worst offensive output of the season. They save it for this game, which is never a good idea. Their running backs, who on the season average like 15 to 25 touches a mm-hmm. game, had six total Ooh. Uh, as far as handing the ball off to him. Three for uh, Gus Edwards and three for Justice Hill. Uh, Lamar was reluctant to run out of the pocket for some reason, although he did have eight carries, but... Whole thing was a little bit strange. The game plan from um, Todd Munkin was interesting. It was not good. Okay. And uh, Baltimore goes down seventeen to ten. So it's Kansas City and San Fran and the tickets for this Super Bowl in Vegas for the first time. Oh my God! I'm sure it's. You're just... talking about. I heard six thousand dollars to get in. What is it? What is it normally? It's around three thousand. Yeah, I would say twenty five hundred yeah. to forty five hundred get in price, but six thousand is just obscene. Yeah, pe- people will spend it. So let me ask you this. The Kansas City Chiefs are in a certain sense our new Patriots. They are the new dynasty. They Dude. Have, they've been in three of the last four Super, uh, Super Bowls and won uh, two of them, right? Yep. And I'll tell you what though. The Patriots are easy to hate. I, the, I don't feel that way about the Chiefs. They feel it's a lot more blue collar, a lot more everyman and fun to watch. Yeah, there's never been any deflate gate or spy gate or questions right. about what they do on and off the field. I can't think if they've gotten the benefit of the doubt like penalty wise. I feel like it's pretty fair for those guys most of the time. Yeah, I don't I can't I can't well I don't People feel like there's any that. egregious. Right. I Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes will tell you it doesn't go <laughs> Oh whiny boy. But the Patriots definitely had it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Nobody liked the Patriots except people in the larger Boston area, but uh, this is our new dynasty in the NFL, right? It is, and it's not. There's not a hatred for them because they're a bunch of nice guys. It mm-hmm. feels like, yep, and fun guys to watch and great personalities, including Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and some of those other guys. Patrick Mahomes, stuff for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And our local boy Harrison Butker, of course. Yep. So I'll say this: there's a fatigue going to set in soon, though. Yeah. Not no, that you don't sure. like him, but you're tired of seeing him. For sure. Like for I sure. was rooting for Detroit and I was Baltimore. Well, I didn't give a give a no, didn't damn care as much about, about yeah. the Baltimore one, but yeah, I, I wanted to see, to see I wanted to see Detroit in it too. Yeah. But so, it is what it is. So what do you th- what do you think? What's your off the cuff guess for the Super Bowl? Uh, San Fran, man, they've been there close a couple times now. Mm-hmm. I don't really want Shanahan to get it. Um, yeah, that's the one I, thing. I, 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 Kansas City wins if that defense continues to play lights out like they have right most of the season. If they can affect Brock Purdy with those big giant defensive linemen, yep, they did lose a seven sack guy over the weekend. Oh, uh, to an ACL. Oh, Amenuhu, Amenihu, Amenihu. Yep. He had um, a strip sack in this game as well. Okay, he will be missing. Yeah. in a big, big way. So um, it's Charles Amenihu. Okay, he's active. One of the big guys on the interior. So right. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo does a good job of that defense flying around. They're number one or two in the NFL in points per game and yards given up. And it's going to be a great game. I'll be pulling yeah. for Kansas City because I really don't want to see Shanahan win anything ever. Uh, yeah, I'm they got a bunch that, of likable guys on the team: Christian McCaffrey, Debo yep. Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. And I like, uh, you know, I like Brock Purdy and and uh, the and the GM John Lynch. Yeah, uh, of course, your old buddy. One freaking guy gonna ruin it for me. <laughs> it's Shanahan, but I'm with you on that. Screw you, Shanahan. You don't get a ring because you cost us ours. I think uh, San Fran's started out two and a half point favorites. They're down to one or one and a half, over under at forty seven and a half. So. 
It'll be, um, I think it's, it's a pretty be a evenly great, matched game. Great game. First, yeah. fa- first Super Bowl in Vegas. A lot of people trying to get out there, dude. Going to be a total scene. And gratuitous cuts of Taylor Swift. So, with that, Finn, uh, good first update episode of the season. Let's come back in uh, sometime soon. We'll talk quarterback or what we're, the Falcons are going to do in the draft. There's definitely a lot to be discussed there. Oh, and or in the free agent market and trade market for a quarterback. Joe, any last thoughts there, bud? I got the Chiefs winning it. I go with the better quarterback. Pretty easy. I'm sometimes. with you on that too. I think. I mean, yeah. I, if if I had to pick that, you know, it's 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 almost like a pick 'em in a certain yeah. sense. But I'm I. I think San Francisco defense went into air on the better quarterback side. But the Chiefs last week showed me. Oh yeah, their their yeah. defense is elite too. Yeah. Trent McDuffie is going to have a pick. Oh look at you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just a little prediction. No George Karloftis, big game. Uh, yeah, Purdy, Purdy will throw you the football now. If you want to catch it as a defensive back, I'm more than happy to take it from you and make it happen. So, Or you can knee punt the ball into the air, Keanu Neal. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was pulling it back. Detroit Lions player took one off the face mask, and now you caught it for like uh-huh, a 40-yard uh-huh, catch. Uh-huh. They falconed on him on they- themselves, man. Welcome to the team, Detroit. Welcome to the team. All right, with that, Falcons fans, we will see you soon on FinCast. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to FinCast. FinCast is brought to you by Scana Energy, the official natural gas partner of the Atlanta Falcons. FinCast is hosted by Brian Finneran and co-hosted by Tyler Nelson. Executive produced by Joe Virgin. FinCast is hosted by 680thefan and thepodcastpark.com. You can find FinCast wherever you listen to podcasts. Opening and closing credit song by Atlanta band Gringo Star and their song, I Will Not Follow. We'll see you next week on FinCast. Appreciate you, dogs. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.